0: It's a pleasure to be with you again now for a second conference. In our first conference, we looked at some elements of prayer, how it is human. We can't pray like angels, and we're not supposed to, and God doesn't want us to. And also how important it is to really be vulnerable in prayer, because Christian prayer is a relationship. We are in relationship with God, who is himself a relationship. We become more like him as we see him, as he is, as we enter into relationship with him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I hope you had a chance to take a little bit of time in prayer since our first conference, and I hope that you'll set aside time for the rest of the day as well to take time in prayer. I want to be descriptive in this conference, but also concrete, and I'll give you some concrete invitations, indications of ways that you can enter into prayer today, and I hope you take advantage of the opportunity to do that today and also in the days going forward why don't we start with a prayer together in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen heavenly father you have placed a desire in our hearts to come to you to know you to receive your love and to place all our trust in you We believe and we want to believe more that you are truly a father for us. A father who has nothing but love for his children. Help us to enter more deeply into this mystery in this conference and throughout our day. And we ask all this and entrust this time to you through the intercession of Our Lady. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Benedict, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to share again some slides with you. These are some quotations from the book that I wrote with Father Tom Acklin on personal prayer, a guide for sharing the Father's love, and hopefully a guide for receiving the Father's love, rather, and I hope that the slides and the, and the prayer are helpful for you. We touched on this in our first conference, that Christian prayer is relational. There are some movements in prayer as we have been influenced in the modern world by Eastern non-Christian spirituality, and those movements in prayer tend to focus on techniques, uh, maybe forms of breathing, ways of meditation, some mind exercises uh, that are not evil in themselves, certainly. but but they're also not prayer, really. They're, they're a kind of mental asceticism or a, a particular mental practice, psychological practices. Cardinal Ratzinger, in a beautiful letter that he wrote to the bishops in 1989, called them psychophysical preparations for prayer. They can be preparations for prayer, but they're not prayer in themselves, simply doing mind tricks or... Ways of breathing or positioning our bodies, all of these things can be supportive, but they're not prayer in themselves. Christian prayer is always relational. God has revealed himself to be three persons. He is a relationship in himself, a father who loves a son, and that love is so full that the love is himself a person, the Holy Spirit, the giving and receiving of love. And we are by the Holy Spirit brought into this dynamic of interpersonal love between the Father and the Son. And so the Father looks at us like he looks at his own Son. And so we are drawn into a relationship. Christian prayer is always relational. And that means that we can use the analogy of human relationships to derive a great deal of insight about prayer, about Christian prayer. A relationship is going to go through different phases because we're, we're growing. Now, God is not growing, but he's of course moving from glory to glory. And we are certainly growing, growing in our maturity, growing in our mental capacity, maybe losing our mental capacity, maybe uh, d- different ways of, that we're learning more things, that we're uh, growing in faith. So our, our person is changing, so our relationship is necessarily also going to develop. We can think of relationships also as, as being something natural. We're, we're actually really good at relationships in a general sense because we don't actually understand what life is like without relationships. We can't really comprehend what it's like to not be in relationship. We're always in relationship with quite a number of people, a few people very intensely. And we can think about what makes those relationships go deeper. Can you use techniques for a relationship? Well, to a certain extent, there's a book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Certainly, there are ways that you can introduce yourself. There are ways you can give a card, have a handshake. There are certain rituals that we have wrapped around relationships. And that's a fine thing. If a relationship were reduced to a ritual, it would be quite empty. And we feel that when we feel like the object of a ritual only and not treated as a person. We feel that. When we feel that someone is manipulating us like a charlatan in order to extract something from us, that's not a relationship. That's being objectified. And when we treat God like that, he also feels that. God doesn't want to be objectified any more than we want to be objectified. God doesn't want to be merely the object of a ritual, although ritual, again, can frame a relationship even with our closest friends, even with a spouse or a child, we have certain rituals that we go through. My father was a a Navy captain and would sometimes go away for periods of time as he was out at sea in one of his submarines. And when he came home, there was a little bit of a ritual. Maybe he had a little gift for us from Hong Kong, or maybe he had a certainly an embrace as we saw each other and our, our faces lit up with joy and we ran to embrace each other. It's not merely a ritual. It's filled with authentic affection and love, but we go through this, this process. So relationships can be wrapped in ritual, but they have to be filled out with something interpersonal, something sincere and authentic. Prayer is the same way we need ritual. Ritual has a way of orienting our bodies towards the Lord. So we go into the chapel and we drop down on one knee as we genuflect before the blessed sacrament to acknowledge that he is God. Probably all of us once or twice have done that without really thinking about what we're doing. Maybe we're thinking about something completely different, of course, probably more than once or twice. But The gesture is meaningful, and we can always do it meaningfully, and we can be more intentional, more meaningful in the ways that we act. All of this is to support a relationship. How do we relate with God? And it's a good question for you to reflect on. I have a couple of questions here. How do you relate with God? And that's also going to shift from day to day or from in seasons of our lives, but Is God like a father to you? We have different experiences of fatherhood. Every one of us had a father who had limitations. But if we gathered together all the best qualities of the best fathers, and we saw that, placed that on God, or saw that in God, and allowed him to relate with us that way, what would that be like? Have you related with God as a father? Have you related with God as a brother? It's true. In Jesus Christ, we, are, we have a brother. We also have in him a friend. In the Holy Spirit, too, we could say that we have a friend. We have a friend in God, a friend who is different from a father or a brother in the familiarity that we can have and the mutuality that we can have. As we open a heart or we feel a certain equality, not an older brother or a younger brother, but a, a best friend. There's an equality there not a father-son relationship, but that equality of friendship. So all of those are very legitimate. There isn't one right way. And again, we move through different phases at different times. Sometimes we really feel our need for a father. Sometimes we feel very small, and we feel the need for protection, for uh, an embrace. We, We feel the need to be close to God this way. Good. Relate to him as a father. Allow him to love you that way. How is your relationship with God going? It's a question I love to ask in spiritual direction. How is your relationship with God going? It's always good to reset our prayer in the context of relationship. Prayer is about a relationship with God. Prayer is a relationship with God. How is your relationship with God going? And then remember, drawing from human relationships, so many insights that we can draw from human relationships, they require time, vulnerability consistency, and love. Otherwise, like plants without water, they wither away and die. But when we give it the time, the attention, the consistency, the love that it needs, they grow, they thrive, they blossom. There's those fruits of the Holy Spirit that emerge from our relationship with God. This uh, image is the prodigal son who comes home It's part of our relationship with God. Mercy, receiving his mercy, knowing that we need that mercy. In relating with God, our relationship with him is not going to be like anybody else's relationship with him. It's going to be like their relationship, but not the same. But All of us can come before him, letting ourselves be loved. There's not a single person watching this video, not a single person in the whole world who is not loved by God, loved by him. But do we experience his love? Do we open ourselves to his love? He has a unique personal love for us. Each of us can experience that in Jesus' eyes, we are loved chosen by God, in an extremely personal way. We often have a feeling that God loves us in a general way. He loves all men. But being loved in a global way cannot satisfy us. And it is absolutely different from the reality of the particular unique love that God the Father has for each of his children. God's love is personal and individual, he does not love two people in the same way because it is actually his love that creates our personality, a different personality for each of us. There is a much greater difference between people's souls than between their faces, says Saint Teresa of Avila. Those are two quotations from Father Jacques Philippe's book, Thirsting for Prayer. I'll say, Anything you want to read from Father Jacques Philippe, you won't be disappointed. really, he has such beautiful books i I can't recommend them highly enough. If you want more stimulation uh, read his uh, his books on uh, all of his books. just fantastic. but as he says here, we often say things like "God loves us, and that sounds very general. He's sort of looking over us and you know what are their needs and and uh something to to give them. But God really loves us. He loves each of us in a very personal way. He looks into our eyes. He gazes into our hearts. He sees us for who we are, and his love is continually creating us. We are really products of the love of God. We are the fruitfulness of God's love. It's his love that, that burst forth. He was already complete in himself. God didn't need us It's his love that brought us forth, and it's his love that set us free. It's his love that makes it possible for us even to reject him, that we have the free choice to follow him, to listen to him, to ignore him, or to reject him. He gives us that freedom out of love for us, because he knows that we can't be like him unless he gives us that freedom, unless he takes the risk that we could reject him. And he's willing to take that risk such a beautiful gift. So take advantage of of God's love. Take advantage of the opportunity to pray and place yourself before the love of God. St. John Paul II in his Theology of the Body pointed out that originally in the beginning, Genesis chapter 2, we see Adam was created alone before Eve was brought forth from his side. There was a single human being. And that signifies each one of us that before we existed in relationship with another human being, we existed in relationship with God alone. And that's what St. John Paul II calls original solitude. He saw in original solitude that each one of us is created in a unique, exclusive, and unrepeatable relationship with God. Unique, exclusive, and unrepeatable relationship with god there's no one else who has a relationship with god like you do like i do unique it's exclusive there's there's nobody else that gets in there nobody else understands fully my relationship with god now it overflows and i can share it with with people i share it with my loved ones and that's a great thing but ultimately there is a me and god quality he has that kind of personal attention I know people who have grown up in families with a lot of children, and especially some of the children later on, feel like they never get private time, personal time, one-on-one time, exclusive time with their parents. And we can all have that feeling at different times when we're part of a larger group. I know as a monk in a monastery with 150 monks, it's hard to get personal time with the, with the abbot of the monastery, as an example. So We're all craving that personal time, that one-on-one time, that exclusive time. God has that time for you. And he wants to spend that time with you today, exclusive time, unique, exclusive, and unrepeatable. There will never be someone like you. So God is never saying, well, if I mess this up, I'll get another chance. There will never be another you, never. And so God is not going to waste this chance. You are the only one like you that He created and will ever create. Unrepeatable. And the Lord wants to develop that relationship with you, that unrepeatable relationship with you. So, how do we enter more deeply into prayer? We got to take the risk. Got to take the risk to go deeper. Relationships only deepen when each person takes the risk to open up more interior and vulnerable areas of the heart to the other and to receive the other's vulnerability with loving attention. Take the risk. What can you say to God? How can you show him your heart today? Sometimes we make excuses. Oh, he knows everything. He doesn't need me to tell him. Oh, yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. He needs you to tell him. He won't steal that from you. He won't steal that opportunity from you. He knows everything in a certain sense, but he doesn't know how you say it. He doesn't, he can't hear it from you unless you share it with him. And so that's what we do in prayer. We find those vulnerable areas of the heart. Vulnerable areas have to do with personal things, things that people don't ordinarily see, your private thoughts your private feelings, share those with God. Maybe tell him about your longing for him. Maybe tell him about your fears. Tell him about what you want out of today, why you're taking this time aside in prayer, what you're hoping for. Maybe tell him about your failures. Things that we tend to hide are good things to bring out in prayer. Bring those out before him, the hidden parts of your heart. When you take that risk, and even the risk that you'll show him something that's ugly, that he doesn't want to see. In fact, he wants to see all of us. He wants to love all of us. He wants to redeem all of us. And so we don't have to be afraid that we're going to show him something that's going to finally turn him off or that's going to drive him away. God isn't driven away. God wants to know us and he wants to love us and receive us so we can share our hearts with him. He takes the risk. A relationship only deepens if Each person takes the risk. God has taken the risk. That's what we see on the cross. That's what we see in the Eucharist. God taking the risk to become so vulnerable, to really expose his heart to us. He opens up everything to us. He really opens up everything to us. God takes the risk. So let us try to be vulnerable before him today with that loving attention. And then know that he remains with us. We receive him in the Eucharist, certainly. We know that without a doubt. We receive him totally, all of him, not just part of him, all of him. He gives everything to us in the Eucharist. His whole person, body, blood, soul, and divinity, all of Jesus is there. Not just a toe or a fingernail or something. All of Jesus is there. All of his heart, all of his love, all of his person whole body, his whole soul, his whole divinity, his whole humanity. He remains with us. He doesn't just come in, get digested, disappear. He remains with us. Through the Holy Spirit, he remains in our hearts. We realize we are never really apart from each other because one who is beloved is always in our hearts and on our minds. Always a point of reference for us. But Many Christians merely imagine he is around somewhere, that he cares in some way, that he loves us somehow, but then God remains implicit in our lives and never really becomes explicitly, concretely personal to us. He never becomes real to us. So we have to let him become real to us. Let him be close to you. Imagine exactly where he is, right right here. Imagine what it feels like to have your hand on his shoulder or, or right here in front of you. Uh, imagine him right here in front of you. Make it concrete. He isn't just sort of around somewhere like the, like the, the mist in the air. God's not he isn't mist. He's a person. Concrete. Make it concrete. Let yourself look into his eyes. Let yourself be seen by him. What, what does it feel like when he looks into your eyes? Open your heart to him. Say, I want to show you everything, Lord. I want to give you everything. Look into my eyes. And trust him without limit. Place your whole life in his hands. like St. Joseph with Our Lady and Jesus. This is the death of St. Joseph. Places his whole life into the hands of God. So beautiful. If we bring our whole lives to him, and share our fears, our hopes, our wounds, our failures, and our love, then we will see that the relationship opens up more, and because he is God, becomes infinitely deep. In fact, there is no limit to how deep our relationship can be with him. It is limited only by our willingness to trust him and be vulnerable with him. God wants an infinitely deep relationship with him. It's our fears, our resistance, the way that we hold back our hearts. That's the only thing that places a barrier. That's the only thing that stops him. So I've given you already one concrete invitation. The first thing to do is place yourselves before the Lord and as the sheet described in preparing for an online retreat. Setting aside a space, turning off the noise makers of whatever kind, closing the door, uh, creating a kind of a space that you won't be interrupted in. Setting up a, a picture, it's one of the reasons I like to include some images in these slides, so you can have a few visual images floating around. We certainly can use visu- visual images, but uh, also a, a picture in a concrete way you can uh, see behind me here, I have a number of pictures. That's uh, my little prayer corner here with the, uh, Jesus in uh, the Divine Bridegroom and also St. Joseph and Our Lady there. A little candle that you can set up, and that gives you a focus. You can just put your attention on him, allow the picture also to, to speak to you, and just really imagine he's right there with you. He's with you. Wherever, whenever you call on his name, he's with you. And he's alive in you through baptism and through his presence, his loving presence. So imagine him there. Imagine him listening to you. Sit down with him. Talk with him. Open your heart to him. Let it be very real. And then just a simple, a simple way to proceed Keep turning your heart to him. Just that gesture of turning your heart to him, turning back to him. You're there for a little bit and you get a little bit distracted and you start thinking about other things and what else you have to do today? What's going to happen tomorrow? Whether you turn the stove off, you know, whatever it is, you get a little distracted, turn back. To, now, if you need to turn the stove off, go turn the stove off, but uh, just turn back to him. Just turn your heart back to him. Remember that he's there. That's where the candle, the icon, the image of him can really help to focus, focus your attention. Um, You can return to that. Just return to him. When we are actually living in relationship with someone, we move in and out of attention to that person, refocusing each time we relate actively within the relationship. Fundamentally, prayer is a matter of turning to God over and over again. The most important thing is just to return our focus to God as an act of prayer and ultimately as an act of love. We do it as an act of prayer by recognizing we have a relationship with him as a real other person, and then by actually entering more, ever more deeply into that relationship. So we want to... I just realized I didn't share that screen with you. So we want to... Enter into that relationship with God. Turn our hearts back to Him. Just keep turning back to Him. Turning back to Him. And then I'll just say a quick word about Lexio Divina. I'll speak a little bit more about this in the next conference because it's a, it's a wonderful concrete method of prayer. And I'll just encourage you for now, To bring your scripture into the prayer, not as a way of reading chapter after chapter of the scripture, but really just a very small section. Read it very slowly and allow God to speak to you. And I like to take this one point of meditation. How do I see God's love for me in this passage? How do I see God's love for me in this passage? That's my one invitation for you. So As you turn back to him in Scripture, like having an image in a candle, Scripture is a nice way to turn back to him. I was praying a little bit with um, Romans chapter 10 this morning in my own Lectio Divina. And uh, how can they hear unless there is someone to preach? How can they hear unless there is someone to preach? How do I see God's love for me in that passage? How can they hear unless there's someone to preach? God wants us to hear. And he does send preachers. Behold, here we are. So God wants us to hear, and He does send preachers. What is He? He wants us to hear so that we can believe. He wants us to believe so we can receive His love. He wants us to receive His love so we can be transformed into Him, into His life, be filled with His divinity, to become a new creation. God loves us so much. He sends preachers to preach to us so that we can hear and believe and be transformed. And we can just sit with that. God loves us enough to send preachers so that we can hear. Just a very simple statement. So take up the scripture, find a place before the Lord, make it concrete, turn your heart to him. You get distracted, just turn back to him. Don't worry about the distractions. Just keep turning back to him. God knows you have a humanity, you have a body, you get distracted. Not a problem. Enter back in. Enter back in. Enter back in. Heavenly Father, pour your grace into the hearts of my brothers and sisters as they make this day of recollection, as they make this retreat. Let them encounter you in a new way in prayer today, like they never have before. Take them deeper, Lord. And through the intercession of Our Lady and St. Joseph, may Almighty God bless you, the Father